Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Well, hello, everybody. It is, in case you didn't know, it's beach season, and... And I thought, you know, some of you are watching us from the beach. We're a little jealous, but we still love you. And uh, uh, for all of us in Concord and Davidson here, I thought I would wear something that would just remind you of the beach. I was, uh, said something about, Pastor Steve said something to me about my, my uh, choice of, of shirts. And I, I, said, I, I said, I know, I said, I, I got it. I got it for five bucks on the clearance rack. Can you believe it? And he said, yeah. <laughs> That's what I, <laughs> and uh, my wife's a huge fan of it as well. So, um, <laughs> but speaking, speaking of the beach, have you, you ever had this experience? So like we just, we just got back from, uh, uh, from Nags Head and, and it was actually really calm. Real, you know, so, so it, was, it was real glassy and not a, lot of, not a lot of waves and not a lot of current. And then others there's other times where it looks like a washing machine out there. And you know that if you're going in the water, you're going to be doing battle, right, with all the waves. But there's, there's other times when the waves are what I, what I call, or, or the current is, it's strong but subtle. Have you ever, have you ever done that? So you like, you're going in, you're playing, you're swimming around, playing with the kids or the grandkids or whatever. And, and uh, everybody gets out, and you, you get out and you're just walking back up on the shore and you're getting ready to sit down. And you look up and all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, that's not my umbrella and this is not my family. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't start just spraying sunscreen on some random person, but like you look up, you're, you're a half mile, you're a half mile down the beach because the, the current's strong, but it's strong, but it's subtle. And can I just say to you, welcome to trying to be a follower of God in 2019 in our culture. Because I'm just telling you, our culture, our culture is strong, but it's subtle. And the line for truth, it keeps moving. It keeps moving. And they keep, you know, like just injecting little things on television shows. And it just, it keeps, it just, and if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will get out of the, we'll get out of the spiritual waters and we'll say, how did I get this far? How did we drift this far? When I take us back a few thousand years to a situation in Israel, this this was, the, this was the church of the day. This was Israel. This was the, the people of God, but they were living in absolute moral decay. Some of the things that they were, that they were walking through, the followers of God were mocked, persecuted, and often killed. I want to say this, like, I'm so thankful for our religious liberty that we still have in America. I'm thankful for the men and women that have fought and paid the price and in no way do I want to compare our situation to brothers and sisters in the Middle East that are having church, will have church today, and are fearful for, for their physical lives. So please, please hear those two things. But make no mistake about it, church, just because we experience the freedom to gather together and express our worship does not mean that there is not a, a, an intellectual and emotional persecution on Christians in America. Like, I mean, uh, the vibe of, wait a second, you really believe that? 
You, you really still believe that? We really still believe that way? And, and so there's this, there's this persecution. You had uh, the two kings preceding Josiah, who we're going to talk about Josiah today, were Ammon and Manasseh. Manasseh banned the use of the word of God. Sound familiar? In certain circles and institutions, you're banned from using the word of God. You see, it used, to be, it used to be the foundation of society, of their society, and now it was banned. Um, they desecrated it by cutting out and removing the name of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever been at any gatherings where somebody was allowed to pray as long as they didn't pray in the name of Jesus? Because we don't want to offend other. Amon goes a step further. Amon burns every copy of the word of God. There was unthinkable sexual immorality, spiritual decay, compromise, rebellion, killing of innocent babies, and the neglect of corporate worship. And I wonder if there were a few in the remnant of Israel that woke up and say, how did we get, how did we get this far? Here's the good news, a couple of things. Number one, since when did God ever need favorable conditions in culture to bring awakening and revival? This isn't, this isn't a setup for decay. This is a setup for an awakening. Number two, God always has a remnant. God always, so God brought somebody onto the scene named King Josiah. And Josiah stepped into the rule when he was eight years old. Eight years old. Here's the other thing that you got to know from, from, from this account is that God uses, watch this, awakening. Here's the conditions for revival, an unlikely situation and an unlikely person. And I'm thankful that God still uses unlikely people in unlikely situations to bring revival. I want to I name you. I want to summon. There are Josiahs in the house today. You, have you are a carrier of revival. You are a carrier of awakening. And, and I don't want to get lulled into this thing of, of well, maybe God's going God's to use a, a pastor to bring awakening. God's going to use a, an influential person. God's going to use a rich person. Maybe he will, but God wants to use you. God wants to use you. God, and God used an eight-year-old in the middle of one of the worst times in Israel's history to step in and bring a powerful, powerful awakening. So, so what does this look like? Here's what I feel like the Lord would summon you to today. He would summon you. I would, I would summon you to lead us in repairing the temple Lead us in repairing the temple. So now it's the 18th year of King Josiah's reign. He's about 26 years old. And the temple has been, had been desecrated and neglected. See, the decay of society begins when the people of God neglect the corporate worship of God. And what happened is Josiah said, the first thing we're going to do is we are going to repair the temple, which was the symbol of corporate worship. So I was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day. I had not seen this individual in years. And um, the Lord knows, but, but there were just some, some things and situations in his life that I wondered where we, he was at with the Lord. And so I asked him. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've ever uh, heard this or statements like this. It was, was his response. I was like, man, I'm just going to ask you, how, how are things with you and Jesus? Like, and he, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically, he said this, hey, I still believe like I used to, I just don't go to church. 
Have you, have you heard that? Have you kind of got that vibe? And I know like, like you, you may have heard the expression or heard the phrase like preaching to the choir. In other words, the preacher telling people things that they already agree with. This is the penultimate preaching to the choir because what I'm going to do, do is tell people that are already in church to go to church. But so like I, I get that. And, uh, but listen, we live, in a, we live in a day and an age where if you were to ask the average highly involved church member, this is just across the nation, the latest statistics that they're telling us. The latest statistics that, hey, you go, you go to church. Yeah, absolutely. You're involved. Absolutely. Do you know how many times on average per month that is? Is 1.7. 1.7. Now, hear me. I'm thankful for the 1.7. Uh, 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 that's better than 0.7. That's better than, that's better than zero. But do you, do, you see the, do you see the subtle? Do you see? Subtle, but it's strong. And, and I just want to say a couple of things about corporate worship. And, and, and well, can I, love, can I love Jesus but not go to church? Uh, look, I don't know, but here's what the Bible says. The, I figure if I love Jesus, I ought to love what Jesus loves. And, and what does Jesus, what does Jesus call the church? Jesus calls the church his bride. Now, now. I don't know about you, but if, so, if somebody came up to me and was like, hey, pastor, let's be friends. Let's hang out. Let's, let's spend some time together. But I don't want to, I can't stand your wife and I don't want to spend any time with her. Now, first of all, that has never happened in the history of ever. <laughs> maybe the reverse. I don't know. Like maybe, hey, Camden, can we hang out, but don't bring Doug along? I don't know if that, you know, more likely probably. But so that's never happened. But can I just tell you if that scenario happened, that ain't going to happen. Like, I will love you. I will pray for you, but we ain't going to be close because that's the love of my life. And that's my best friend. And that's my, that's my girl. And so if you want any kind of relationship with me, this is a package deal. And so what I feel like Jesus is saying is, this is my bride, and my bride is kind of imperfect at times, and my bride messes up, and my bride does some stuff that I wish she wouldn't do, but this is my bride, and if you're going to love me, then you got to love the things that I love. And then, so, well, well, I'm part of the, pastor, I'm just part of the church. I'm part of the church universal. Well, yeah, I get that. But do you know the word for church, the Greek word for church in the New Testament is ekklesia? And do you know that part of what that word means is assembly? Like coming together, a corporate gathering. And then, and then in Hebrews, in Hebrews, well, pastor, you're being, you're being uh, religious and you're being judgmental. Well, Hebrews, let's approach it from a, from a positive standpoint. Hebrews chapter 10, and I won't, I won't read all of this, but I'll go down through. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about that in church. It says, well, let me read this one uh, portion here. It says, let us hold tightly. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise and let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. So it's God's word telling us this, right? So corporately, corporately, can you experience the presence of God on your own? Of course you can, but there's something about being together. Uh, there is a confession of our hope. I hope that your hope increases every time that we're together. I view that as one of my goals is to just get hope into you, Dispen a dispenser of hope, that we stir one another. The Bible says we stir one another to love and good deeds, that the world changer in you ignites when you come together and worship, worship cor corporately, that there is an encouragement. We receive encouragement to, to make that a priority. And then... 
feel like the Lord would summon us as a Josiah generation, Josiah leaders to lead in a return to God's word. So the, the other thing that happened here, remember uh, Manasseh and Amon destroyed all the copies of the Bible. Think, think about what that meant. So very few copies of God's word to begin with, and they were hand scribed. Like people would on parchment and pen. Like I know, I know today we got a Bible for everything. And before, before Amazon took over the world, you used to walk into bookstores and there was like, well, here's your Bible when you turn 22 and a half. Here's men's study Bible for 22 and a half year olds. And like, I mean, there's a Bible for every, teen Bible, a uh, Bible for, they're probably, watch, the, watch there be a Bible for pets. Watch that. Watch. <laughs> they're like a, a Bible for everything, right? Like, but, but in that day to have a copy of God's word and they were all burned and they were, and they were, and so what happened, what happened is as they were par- repairing a temple, uh, Hilkiah, the priest, uncovered a copy of God's word. And here's, you want to know how revival came to Israel? It's kind of simple. They started reading God's word and doing what it said. Like it was, listen, revival is not complicated, but it's not easy. It's simple, but it's hard. And so you, Pastor, how how do I experience revival in my life, in my family, in my job, in my church, in my community? Same way Josiah did. Make corporate worship a priority in your life. And then second of all, read God's word and do what it says. Just just obey it. And they recognize this. They recognized, you know, we're going to return to God's word being the standard, being the standard, because there's a current, and it's strong, but it's subtle, and it's shifting, and you got a society that's saying, here, the, the line of truth, it keeps moving, it's, let's redefine, let's redefine, let's redefine this, and it, keep, it keeps moving, it keeps moving, but there's got to be a, sta- there's got to be a standard, life doesn't work if you don't have a standard, musicians, every musician knows this, so in the, in the history of ever, there has been something called middle C, and middle C has a certain frequency that was true in 6000 BC, and it's true today, and it'll be true tomorrow, and it'll be true, so, so I'm going to uh, wow you with my anointed piano playing skills here. There you go. I know you're blessed. I know you're, I know you're experiencing the presence of God in a, in a powerful way right now. But y'all, that's middle, that's middle C. That's middle C. Like it is, there is a standard of that. Now you can come up to me and say, pastor, pastor, that's, that is old fashioned. Like, I know that, that might have been middle C when the Bible was written, but do you know how old the Bible is? And that's speaking to a different time and a different... Pastor, if you were enlightened, pastor, if you were educated, pastor, don't you realize this is 2019? Come on, you still believe that's middle C? Or, or pa- pastor, I, I got a friend... And my friend is a really good person, and she doesn't believe that that is middle C, and I don't understand because she's a good person and she's nice. How could she be wrong about that? Or, or pastor, have you heard this one? Pastor, that's, that's your truth, but that's not my truth. And you might experience middle C like that, but my experience says, no, middle C is middle C. 
And But here's the thing. The rest of this doesn't work unless you have an absolute standard that doesn't change. So if Lester, if Lester is up here and he's saying, man, I'm not feeling middle C today. I'm going to play it my way. And he starts tuning his bass guitar. Adam's going to give him one of these. Adam's going Adam's to be looking at him, and if, and if the saxophone player or if people are playing things that are not based on a standard, Pastor, why are you so passionate about this? Because if we don't, if there's no standard, then life doesn't work. I'm not mad. I'm broken because I've watched how the standards have shifted and how we've redefined biblical relationships and marriage and how we're trying to redefine things. And hear me, it just doesn't work. That's how people get hurt. That's how people live broken lives. That's how people, and I don't care if it seems old-fashioned or I don't care if people are good or I don't care if people are experiencing truth in a different way. We gotta have a standard because that's how life works. And then, and then what happens then is, is Josiah says, we're gonna live with passionate corporate worship and we're going to live where the word of God is the standard and, and, then, and then Josiah begins to lead them in corporate repentance. So in that time, the sin of the nation was represented by physical idols and there were idols that represented uh, Moloch was a, was a god that they sacrificed their children to and Asherah was the god of sexual immorality and Josiah went off. Like he did, Josiah didn't play. Josiah went and he started, read this passage in, in 2 Kings chapter 21, 22, and 23. He started smashing these things, desecrating them, burning them down, tearing them down. Like when was the last time you got so passionate about God that your repentance caused other people around you to be like, they've lost it. Like Josiah, Josiah, and this is what I believe the Lord would summon us. The Lord would summon us to lead in radical repentance and a lifestyle of no compromise. Radical repentance. Do you notice how the, the enemies hijacked the word repentance, though? So if you, when you hear that word, some of you are a little bit nervous now. Oh, here we go. Preacher's going to get mad. God's mad. God's mad. Like, God, God is, God's angry. If I was to say, man, I'm going to preach. Hey, church, I'm going to preach a sermon on repentance. You're, you're probably like, oh, man, here we go. He's going to yell at us. You don't complain about people. But what does, the, what does the Bible say? What does the standard say? Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says the, it says this, the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Not the anger of God. Not the disappointment of God. God's not angry at you. He's not disappointed in you. It's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. Because here's what repentance is. I tried to find, I tried to play the orchestra of my life by my own middle C. And I messed it all up. I won't do that anymore. God, I'm going to turn and your standard and the standard of Jesus Christ is the standard. And I'm going to walk that way. That's what repentance is. So God wants to bless you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to prosper you. But here me it's not on your terms it's on his terms and so repentance it's the kindness of God it's why you're here some of you are here today it's that God is drawing you unto him and saying I don't want you to live in a way that will lead you to brokenness I want to lead you to wholeness and and listen this was this was a corporate repentance 
This was a corporate repentance. So there's some, repentance sometimes needs to be individual when the sin is individual. But when the sin is a national sin or the sin is a corporate sin, sometimes it needs to be a corporate public uh, repentance. And the enemy attacks different generations in different ways. So all, all of us, man, who's to, I don't know, but some, sometimes uh, when there's problems, our first natural reaction is, is we want to blame somebody. Point blame, point blame. Somebody, something happened. Who can, we, who can we blame? Who can we throw under the bus? We're all at fault here. We're all at fault. So I just want to humbly submit what I feel like are some of the corporate sins of a generation. And if I, could, uh, if I could also humbly ask you to hold your offense until the end, then we can all get offended together, and then we can all repent together, and you can still love your pastor, right? So build, builder generation. Builder generation, I love you. I honor you. You have sacrificed in ways that we don't even know about. You've given. You have given. But, but again, the enemy attacks every generation in different ways. And builder generation, I would say that sometimes there has been a misinterpreting of God's blessing on systems and style of the past for the actual blessing of God. And then a subsequent resistance to change. And recognizing and participating in the new things that God is doing and his new methods that he is blessing. Boomers, boomers, I honor you. You're, gen you're generous. Your generosity is, is changing the world. But boomers, many, many boomers sowed seeds of sexual immorality and rebellion against authority. Then shrugged their shoulders, put on a sport coat, went to work, and now you're shocked at where those seeds and what we're reaping in our day and our time. Can I tell can, boomers, I love you, hear my heart. That was not a couple of rebellious years in college during the 60s and 70s where, well, that's just what people were doing. Those seeds were sown and that spirit needs to be broken. And I would, I would humbly ask you to repent corporately and let people hear, say, we are sorry. That was wrong. We were rebellious. We were, it wasn't a phase. We sowed seeds of rebellion and we break that generation X, my generation. Then we coped with the world through a bad attitude and not caring. Instead of stepping into being revolutionaries, we stepped in uh, to our flannel shirts, put on a Pearl Jam and Nirvana CD, and we just got cynical. We, we, we pretended that cynicism was the same as being a revolutionary. And millennials, I would, I would humbly, I love your enthusiasm. I love your, your dreams. I love it. And I would just humbly say to you that the enemy has tried to bait you with this entitlement spirit. Where, where it's like the church owes me something and, and everybody, everybody owes, me, owes me something. And, and this mentality of, well, that's your truth. And, and millennials, this mentality of wanting to be liked more than a boldness to stand for truth and righteousness. But here's the thing. If we're all at fault together, we can all repent together and we can all get blessed together and we can all see revival together and we can all see awakening together. That's what I believe that God wants to do. And then here's the final final thing that I would summon the Josiah leaders to, Josiah generation, I would summon you to lead us back to Jesus, lead us to Jesus. So chapter 22, verse 21, King Josiah then issued this order to all the people. You must celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God as required by the book of the covenant. And there had not been a Passover celebration like this since the time of the judges. What was Passover? Passover was the celebration of the blood of the lamb. At the end of the day, we need people who will stand and say, always, only Jesus above my preferences. Jesus. 
Jesus above my skin color, Jesus above my, my style, Jesus above my socioeconomic level, Jesus. Jesus is who unites us. He, it's who brings us together. If we want the power of God, the favor of God, the anointing of God again, we got to have it on his terms, his way. This message, I absolutely believe, is for everybody in the house. You are a Josiah, and you carry awakening, and you carry revival in you. But I've felt a specific and a very particular application towards three groups of people that I believe the Lord is summoning to rise up and to take your place of leadership. Let me preface it with this. So I'm about to say something that that in, uh, in the South may be a, the unpardonable, unpardonable sin, but I'm just going to confess it. Up until this summer, I had never watched Andy Griffith. Yeah, I know, I know, no, I know, I know, I know, like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like, I know, I told you about the Rascal Flat song that I like singing about Mayberry. I just didn't, I just didn't know much about Mayberry. And so it was, it's on Amazon Prime. And uh, this summer, just about every night, I've been watching a Andy Griffith episode. And I gotta, like, I gotta tell you, most of, most of it, like, I love it. It's, it's funny, it's kind of a, a nod to a bygone era, right? A, a simpler time and neighbors hanging out on front porches together and kids being able to run around town without fear of, of stuff happening. And, and so there's so, here, like, it's a, great, it's a great show, it's a wholesome show, but, but can, you, can you hear my heart? Can you hear my heart here? There's also a couple of things that I, that I don't like. The first thing that I don't like is there's, there's no color in Mayberry. And I don't just mean that the show's black and white. But I'm just gonna tell you, I don't wanna live in a town or go to a church that isn't robust with ethnicity and diversity. Like, I don't, I don't want that. And then, and I know it was a different time and it was a different era and I get it. And they were making fun of themselves and Andy stepped up and he led right in the end. But, but the episode, there was an episode where Ellie, Ellie was running for city council and everybody said everybody, you know, everybody was mad. All the men were mad and it divided the town because women, women didn't have place as a leadership. And I just got to tell you that I don't want to go back to an era where we don't recognize the call of God upon the women of God and allow them to step into places of leadership. So I feel this strongly today that, that the Lord is summoning I'm not excluding the rest of us. I'm just saying I feel this strongly that the Lord would summon minorities and he would summon millennials and he would summon the women of God and he would say to you, rise up and step into your place of leadership. This is your day. This is your hour. This is your time. There's a place for you. There's a place for you. Lead us in the church. Lead us in our nation. Lead us in business. And I would... And I would say to you, if there has ever been a system or anything where you have felt hindered or less than, I repent to you on behalf of all of that stuff that you may have encountered. But as you step in, let me caution you 
that you can step in. See, here, here's what can happen. If there's ever a people group that for whatever, for whatever reason, not always, but for whatever reason may have encountered opposition to stepping into leadership, you can, when you do have those opportunities arise, you can go into it with one of two attitudes and you can, you can try to be Killmonger or you can be T'Challa. And if you have not seen one of the greatest movies of all time, Black Panther, then you need to do that over the 4th of July. Because here's the difference. Both of these, in this situation, men, but both of these, by the way, um, did you know that while he was on this earth, Jesus was a minority that led a revolution with two groups. One was a group of women and one was a group of teenagers. So if you don't like those three things, you got a problem with Jesus. I'm just saying. So when, when Killmonger stepped into his moment, he stepped in and tried to lead with anger and bitterness and resentment. They, they had both experienced injustice in their past, but T'Challa went back to his past and he reconciled it. He wrestled it, he fought with it, and he released and he forgave. And when he was summoned to his moment, he didn't lead out of anger or hate or rebellion. He led with hope and he led with love. So women of God and minorities and millennials, I summon you to your place in this church, in our society, in the kingdom of God. And I believe the Lord would summon you to lead us back to corporate worship and to lead us to where the word of God is the standard. Lead us in corporate repentance and lead us to Jesus. Lead us in awakening. Would you stand all across at every location and would you just lift a hand? I bless you, Josiahs. I bless you, King Josiah. I bless you to carry revival. I don't care what the atmosphere around you is like. I don't care what your work situation is like or your home life is like. You are a carrier of the Spirit of God. You are a carrier of revival. You are a carrier of wake, awakening. And you will not lead with bitterness. You will not lead with anger. But you will lead with the power of God. And this nation will see a third great awakening across this land. I summon you women preachers. I summon you to rise up and speak the word of God with anointing and boldness. I summon you millennials to step in and say enough is enough. The standard is the standard. And we will return to the word of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, now still with every head bowed and every eye closed across this place. Maybe you would say before we're dismissed, maybe you would say, Pastor, I've been marching to my own beat. I've been trying to define what middle C is for my life and I messed it all up. I messed up my relationships. I messed up my job. I messed everything up. Listen, today is your day. All you need to do is repent and turn from your sin and turn to Jesus and the power of God, the breath of God will come into you right now, wipe out your past and 
can enable you to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to your purpose. And so if that's you, this is your moment right here, right now. I'm going to count to three. I want you to shoot up your hand. I'm not going to call you forward right where you're at. I will pray for you. If that's you, one, two, three. Pastor, that's me. Come on, all across this place, all watching online at every location. Church family, let's pray this together. Just say, Jesus, I repent. I turn from my past and I turn to you. I want to step into my moment as a King Josiah. Use me, Lord. Help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.